0: It is episode number 37 of the NBC5 105.3, the Fan Sports Podcast. I am NBC5 Sports anchor Pat Doney. Thank you for some time and for hanging with us. Uh, another disappointing loss for the Dallas Cowboys, though I will say expectations weren't exactly high going into that game against the Eagles on NBC5 Sunday Night Football, and at least it was entertaining. I mean, we can at least say that, right? It wasn't the prettiest football, in fact. It was pretty terrible in about, just about every single facet of the game. But the Cowboys made it a game into the fourth quarter, and I sure didn't expect that going into the game. We're going to talk to 105.3, the fans, Eric Chiafalo, about what the Cowboys can hope for the rest of the season. Probably looking at just trying to go ahead and tank this thing out. Let's see how high of a draft pick the Cowboys can have going into 2021. I will also have Dallas Stars general manager Jim Mill join me talking about the team's decision to bring back Coach Rick Bonus after their fantastic run to the Stanley Cup Final. We'll also talk about what he expects for the 2021 season ahead. And we'll talk about a high school football quarterback here in North Texas, one of the best high school QBs in the nation who is headed to SMU. He chose the Mustangs over Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, everybody else in the country. He wanted to go to SMU. He has an interesting reason why as well. Cannot wait to introduce you to Preston Stone. That is coming up at the end of the show as well. But we, we begin with the Dallas Cowboys, that 23-9 loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eric Chiafalo is one of the hosts on the nosebleed seats on 105.3 The Fan. He has interesting perspective every time we have him on the show. Excited to have him back. Here's that conversation with Eric now. All right, Eric, it wasn't pretty. Um, in fact, I would go ahead and say that it was downright ugly yeah, the Cowboys 23 to nine loss, but it was competitive. Uh, maybe, maybe we should go ahead and just celebrate that. Maybe the best the Cowboys defense has looked. And the was kind of, as my daughter would say, thumbs medium, you know, not thumbs up, not thumbs down, just kind of right there. Biggest takeaways, man. I mean, it was kind of gross.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit ugly for sure, but I'll tell you what, there, there are signs of improvement. This is where we're at right now, Pat. With our expectations, we're a bit broken here. So just seeing the team compete a little bit, not quitting a, a, on on this coaching staff, because that's been that's been part of it ever since a couple of weeks ago. Anonymous players coming out and calling out the coaching staff, not necessarily believing in what these guys are doing. That's been a huge problem, and and, and so to see these guys come out there compete fight to the end Uh, even on a fumble recovery for a touchdown what'd you see you saw Ezekiel Elliott trying to do his best DK Metcalf impression trying to chase down the defender uh, even though it was to no avail Uh, so I think that was certainly good and then and then the defense you mentioned it how about seeing the defense no one expected a seventh round rookie quarterback starting in his first game on Sunday night football Mr. DiNucci to go out there and really do much so we could harp on the, back, uh, the fact that the quarterback was not very good, but what are our expectations? They weren't very high for the seventh round rookie. The defense, on the other hand, how about it? You see him coming out there, making some plays, get, getting pressure on the quarterback. That was nice. Uh, they, they, they hit Carson Wentz plenty of times. I know he's the most hit quarterback in the NFL. So it's like, well, th- you kind of should be doing that. But again, our expectation level in general is pretty low. So seeing the defense play well, seeing them compete, actually trying and, and 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 not giving up on the coaching staff is huge. And how about Trayvon Diggs coming up with some big turnovers? Boy, the bar has been set low. You know, <laughs> I mean, here we are now and we're celebrating
0: the defense trying hard. Uh, I will say they gave up only 14 points. The defense did because seven of the points that fumble return for a touchdown. There was the safety as well on the late punt thing, which by the way, I thought was a genius decision by the Cowboys to take the safety on that. And then the onside kick attempt off of the punt, you know, just a very, very creative way to try to get the football back. Um, you know, and you mentioned Danucci and that leads me into my next kind of point here. I, I didn't mind the Cowboys offensive game plan of the tricks and schemes and wildcat and double reverse and all that. You know, some people have been coming out and being like, oh man, they should have just lined it up. What, what are you trying to prove here? That Ben DiNucci can line up and pick apart the Eagles defense in a traditional offensive look? That's not happening, people. The only chance you have in this game is for you to have somebody on their team get confused on some double reverse and not keep contained or stay in their lane and you get a big chunk play. I didn't mind the scheme. I thought Kellen Moore had a good plan there. What did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I love the way they came out of the gates because they were mixing it up. You mentioned it, the trickoration, a little razzle dazzle. Jerry Jones on with A&C on 105.3, the fan this week, saying, I love tricks. You know, he was up in the booth going, okay, this is fun. You, you mentioned the Wildcat. That was a nice new little wrinkle. Uh, the only thing, it, there was a point where they uh, Cowboys are up nine, or they're up two. Uh, nine, seven, and they're driving the ball and it's in the third quarter. And you feel like, Oh my gosh, if they go get a touchdown here, they're going to be able to go up two scores in this game. And they were running the ball very well at that point in the game. They're giving it to Zeke. They're giving it to Pollard. And they're, and they're gashing the Eagles defense. And I'm going, okay, here we go. Are they going to be able to go up by nine points here? This will be pretty interesting. And then what did they do on second down? They did another one of the Cedric Wilson, uh, reverse pass situations that loses a bunch of yards. Now it's third and long. You've taken yourself out of field goal range. You've taken yourself out of everything. So, But that's being a little bit nitpicky because it was fun. You see C D Lamb getting reverse stuff. I, I, I was saying to myself how funny it is that we're at this point where it's basically like, oh, my gosh, uh, who has ever thrown a football in their life before? Oh, my gosh. Cedric Wilson was a quarterback in high school. Yeah, let's bring him in. He gets a turn now. We're just, uh, you know, when you're desperate, you got to just kind of pull different stuff out there. And so I enjoyed it. It was fun. And I'm sure Jerry from up top was going, Hey, at least, at least they were entertaining for a little while on Sunday night football. That's something we could ask for.
0: So here we are now and uh, they are two and six, um, eight games left in this season uh, I will say if there is anything to take away silver lining that, as we mentioned, the defense played much better and five of the last eight opponents ranked at the bottom half in the NFL and DVOA on offense. So you're talking about a chance that maybe if the defense finds a little something here or there, that they can keep the team in the game, especially if Andy Dalton is available to play next week, because I think your offense has a better chance of winning the football game with Andy Dalton, at quarterback than what we saw from Ben DiNucci tonight. Um, Eight games left here. How many wins are you giving the Cowboys right now with the rest of the season in pr- front of them? Two and six right now. How many wins do you think at the end of the year?
1: I think, and uh, man, if they were if they were really fortunate, they maybe go two and six on the back half as well, and uh, maybe you sneak a, a Giants victory in there. Maybe when you get Philadelphia at home at the end of the year. Uh, or, or you get Washington. I mean, I think really at this point your only hope is playing the, the the crappy division that you're in, whether it's the Giants, the Washington football team, or this Eagles team again. Because I don't think any Eagles fans going home tonight feeling really good about what they got going on right now. They just happen to be the best of the worst. Uh, but that's not really saying much. I am in the in the near future, Pat. I am concerned for whichever quarterback has to set foot on the field next Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers and that vaunted defense, that pass rush, holy smokes. Uh, But for the rest of the way, yeah, I'm thinking, man, maybe maybe they sneak uh, two wins in. And if it is, I I think it's really only against their division. It's sad to say at this point, but we're talking about baby steps with the defense, baby steps with the game plan and Kellen Moore and these guys baby steps with the effort and the and, and the competitiveness. So ultimately this team is so broken. The injuries are there. We, we can call out all the different things that we want, but it's just one of those years. Once, once every half a decade or so you get one of these years where it's just everything's going against you just so happens to be a COVID year as well. New coaching staff. I mean, it was the perfect storm for a disaster uh, with all these injuries for the Cowboys. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe at best two two wins the second half of the way.
0: It was funny, man. I saw the uh, the early thought of line for that Steelers Cowboys game. It wasn't the official release, but the early predicted line. Let me guess. Not... Let me guess. Go ahead. Yeah, hit me. Hit me.
1: Uh, well, now I'm cheating because you almost said it. But I was gonna say probably like a, a two touchdown tie. I was thinking like maybe thirteen.
0: Nine and a half was the number, and I literally was like. Okay, how much – I called my wife. How much do we have in savings? Okay, we're putting all of that (laughs) on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I mean, I'm telling you, I do not endorse gambling. I have fun picking against the spread and all that. Nobody knows anything. We see that every single Sunday, uh, Thursday, and Monday in the NFL. But I got to tell you, man, if it's only 9.5, I bet you you are correct that the actual number will be somewhere in that 14 range by the time they kick the game off because I have a hard time believing the wise guys, the guys who know what they're talking about. There's a reason those buildings in Vegas are big and beautiful, right? It's because they know what they're talking about. They make a lot of money. I'm not crazy, right? If you see nine and a half, you're thinking Pittsburgh, no doubt, right?
1: 100 percent. I mean, it was I'm pretty sure in a lot of places it was about nine or 10 points in terms of in favor of the Eagles tonight. And we know how much better Pittsburgh is than Philadelphia. I know this game will be played at AT&T. So the Cowboys get a home field advantage, maybe two points there. But yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Nine and a half points. I would definitely be pounding the Steelers in the points on that one.
0: And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a home field advantage next Sunday. I'm telling you that right now because the Steelers are 7-0, okay? They haven't been this good to start a season in forever, okay? And the Cowboys are terrible. If there ever was a time that we – I mean, Pittsburgh fans travel well and there's Steelers fans all over the nation, all right? If there ever was a time that Steelers fans would overtake AT&T Stadium, it's when there's limited capacity with COVID-19. The Steelers are awesome. The Cowboys are terrible. I bet you it's about 70, 30 Steelers fans next Sunday in AT&T stadium for those fans too. So maybe not a whole lot of a home field advantage. It probably doesn't matter either way. Okay. We're going to be watching likely Andy Dalton and a beat up offensive line against the great Steelers team, but we'll see if maybe they can pull off the upset. Maybe they can do it. We'll see. They were Woo. in this game for a little bit tonight. Well, and it's going to be a uh, Interesting to watch how this Cowboys season plays out the rest of the way. Eric Chiafalo does a great job talking Cowboys all the time. Man, I love having you on the show. Nosebleed Seats Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan from 7 to 11 p.m. If you're in your car late, you need to be hanging with my man, Ace E.C. Thanks for hanging with us tonight, buddy.
1: Thanks, Pat. Love you, brother.
0: Always good stuff when Eric Chiafalo is here on the NBC5 105.3, the Fan Sports Podcast. Appreciate his time. Let's transition now to the ice and the Dallas Stars. Man, what a fantastic run that was in the NHL bubble to the Stanley Cup final. They got this close before not winning the championship. Tampa Bay, of course, skating away with the title, but still a very memorable season for the Stars and a year that really had crazy ups and downs. Remember, way back before COVID-19 was a thing in the United States in the sports world, and before the big break, before the bubble, all of that, this team was up and down before that with a head coach that was here and then fired, and then the interim guy, how was it going to be? Well, they were great, and then all of a sudden they fell apart going into the bubble. Just a really bizarre season for the Stars that ended on a high note, and the Stars decided to bring back Rick Bonus, the interim head coach who really, I thought, handled this circumstance extremely well, uh, you're talking about a very difficult challenge trying to take over a team with the highs and lows this Stars team had. And then to lead him where he did, Bonus clearly to me deserved the job. And the guy who made that decision was Dallas Stars general manager Jim Mill, a great guy who I think has done a great job building this Stars franchise for success in the long haul. This didn't feel like a one-hit wonder, lightning-in-a-bottle situation This feels like a team that could be good now for a while going forward. I had a chance to speak with Jim Neal on Zoom as part of the podcast here. Just please know this was taped when I was in the hotel with my family. I've talked about it on previous shows before. Uh, We have had some issues with our home, construction, things like that. So we're living in a hotel room. So if you're watching the show on NBCDFW.com, that's the reason why. Enough of that. But it also might sound just a little different as well. Uh, but you'll still understand and get the gist. I think it was a great conversation. Here is my conversation with Stars General Manager Jim Mill now. Okay, let us welcome in the General Manager of the Dallas Stars, Jim Nill. Jim, thank you for some time right now. Exciting news for you guys this offseason. Rick Bonus no longer the interim coach. He is now officially going to be your head coach going forward. Felt like a pretty easy decision from my perspective, but you're the expert. You tell me how easy the <laughs> of a choice was it. To uh, to make Rick the full time head coach.
2: Well, it, it's it, it it was an easy decision, but, and it's kind of nice for once to have an easy decision, you know, especially when you're talking about a, a leadership role as a head coach. And uh, it was a, a no brainer, you know, for myself and for the organization. Uh, Rick Ernest, who came in as interim coach uh, under a tough situation. Uh, he had one of the, the best records in the league up until the pandemic. You know, and then we go through a pandemic, and we have to. You know, readjust everything. You know, The world's upside down and we go into the bubble and he took us two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup uh, finals. So uh, he did a great job. He's a great man and he's the guy that wants to finish this job.
0: So the decision to bring him back to makes me have to believe that you feel like this wasn't lightning in a bottle that you guys caught in 2020 in the bubble, that you feel like he is a solution um, and an assistant to what could be a very bright future ahead for you guys.
2: Definitely, uh, he. Uh, when you watched us how we played, uh, my big thing is is how do the players how you know how hard did they play, and they're playing for the coach, and the coach was coaching for the players, and you could just see that uh, in the games we played, uh, the circumstances you know there was no tougher circumstances in that bubble. It was uh, you know we talked that's what we talked about from day one, you know, heading into the bubble was every day there's going to be something happen, and we can't let it fluster us. We got a roll up the punches. And Rick did that. He did that with the players. He did it with the staff. He did it dealing with myself and management. Uh, you know, we just we adjusted to every circumstance. The players played their hearts out for him, and uh, you can see that in the team. Uh, you know, on the ice how they played, you can see it in the when You're there also.
0: So, here now, you've had a few weeks to reflect after the amazing run that you guys had coming up just short. Have you had an opportunity to? Is it heal after something like that? Will you ever get over being that close and not being able to win the championship? Or do you celebrate the fact that it was an amazing run for your team?
2: Well, the first thing that you know, I want to acknowledge, the players and the staff did a great job. That to get where we've got to under those circumstances is great. But it does leave a void. And that's what Rick and I talked about. When I, when I talked to Rick after we got back here to Dallas, I said, you yeah, know, let's take a week. Let's recharge. Uh, and then I want to talk to you about moving forward. And his first thing was uh, when we did start to have discussions was this is my team and we've got a job we have to finish. And, uh, you could see the passion. He was, this is his team. And, uh, the players know that and they respect that when we play for him. And, uh, when you have that type of situation, and it's something that it's hard, it's hard to find. It's a special thing. And, uh, Rick has that credibility. He has that respect in the dressing room and, uh, like I said, he, as he talked about, that we have a job that we've got to finish yet, and that's what I'd like to do.
0: Now, one of the decisions you made this offseason was to re-sign Anton Hedobin. Uh, Doby became a fan favorite, and why would he not have with the way he played during the stretch run? Uh, what went into that decision there, and what does that mean for your future in the goalie position?
2: Well, Anton did a great job for us, and, and our team is built on great goaltending. You know, we've been one of the top three goaltending teams uh, over the last three years. And uh, you, you pair him up with uh, Ben Bishop, uh, young Jake Ottinger who we have coming in the system. Our goal is as good as anybody in the league. And uh, everyone knows to win championships, you have to have good goal that's a good defensive hockey. And with that, usually because of good goal. Ten. And uh, we know we have that. And that's, uh, that's a strength. And to win, you have to have that. So it's important to bring Anton back, not only for how he plays, you know, he stepped in. It's an amazing story. To have a guy that's never played a playoff game before, his first playoff team puts them to the finals. So that's, that's a pretty impressive uh, thing to pull off. But uh, what he means in the dressing room, is he's a great personality. He keeps players loose. He keeps players uh, on guard. Uh, he makes them accountable. And in the end, the way he plays the game, the players want to play for him. They see how hard he competes and they don't want to let him down. And that's important.
0: Finally, nobody knows what's coming up right now with this you know, the schedule, and I know the NHL is still trying to determine when a start date is. There's so much up in the air with COVID nineteen, and all. I guess you guys just handle the bubble situation pretty well, you know, and, and adversity in that way. How do you handle preparing for this twenty twenty one season? What do you tell your guys when you have no idea if it's going to be January, February, if it's going to be a bubble situation? How, how do you prepare in this circumstance?
2: Well, that's the good thing about. What we just went through, and that was, I, I was asked that question today about uh, you know why Rick Holmes, and I said it's, it's part of it's about what we just went through. We went through adversity. We had success with it, and moving forward, we're going to go through the same adversity. We don't know the time frame. We don't know when we're starting. We don't know how many games the schedule is going to be. How many games we'll be playing in a week? What's the format? Uh, but what I like is our it, it didn't bother our players. Uh, right from day one, when we had training camp here back in July, they bought into the program. They realized they had been, you know, it was following all the right rules, you know, face masks, testing, social distancing, not going out to restaurants. They were committed to it, and I know we've done that, and we can do that moving forward, and that's what excites me. It's uh, our team really, it's funny, you watch in the bubble, some teams had a tough time with it, and other teams didn't, and uh, Maybe we're a bubble team. Our guys had a blast. They really came close together. They cherished it. There was good times and bad times, but they stuck together. And I think that's what's going to get us through this next phase as we start the next season.
0: Well, that's shown through, no question. It was so much fun to watch your team play during the run here to the Stanley Cup Final. Can't wait to see Jim Neal, your hockey team, back on the ice sometime in 2021. And I appreciate some time today talking a little Dallas Stars hockey.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I think Jim Neal's right. I think that this Stars team has a very real chance to be very good for a long time. They are good. They are talented. They're young. I think that this organization has a very bright future, and we've seen it so many times before. Josh Bogorod, the voice of the Stars on TV and the radio, he told me something last week that I thought was very true. How many times have we seen teams get on the brink of winning it like, in a season like the Stars just had in 2020 and then get over the hump a year or two later kind of feels like that could be a possibility for the Dallas Stars going forward. Hey, I want to wrap up the show with a little high school football conversation now and talk about one of the best high school quarterbacks in the nation who plays his football private school football at parish episcopal talking about four-star recruit preston stone who has been up and down between a four-star and five-star depending on which recruiting service you want to look at uh preston stone if you want to know how good he is he has offers from every single major college program in the nation alabama texas oklahoma just about everybody has offered preston and wanted him to go and play college football there and he had the option and the opportunity to do it, but instead decided to pick the SMU Mustangs to stay home here in North Texas. to program that he grew up loving. He's talked to me about that before in the past, but we had a chance to speak to Preston about why he decided SMU was the right fit for him. Here's what he had to say on NBC5's Big Game Friday show. It's gonna be awesome that I'll get to play for my hometown and play for the same city that I grew up in. Um, that was, one of, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to SMU was for the opportunity to you know, put on for my city um, and just continue the winning culture that they've had. And don't forget that SMU football coach Sonny Dykes knows a thing or two about grooming college quarterbacks for the NFL Sonny was Jared Goff's coach at Cal, so he clearly knows how to get a guy from being a good college player to being an elite draft pick when Jared Goff went number one overall in the NFL draft. Speaking of Preston Stone, really quickly, just to give you an idea of how good he is and what kind of a player he is, um, his coach right now there at Parish Episcopal told us that he thinks he's a combination, the high school version of Johnny Manziel and Peyton Manning. And what he means is that he respects Preston's ability to read defenses and to game plan and to put the time and the work in like a Peyton Manning did probably in high school. And then from an athletic ability, a scrambling ability, just able to get away from defenders and extend plays. And I will say wearing that number two when we saw him play on Friday night, he reminds a little bit of Johnny Menzel. and I could see that comparison watching the game there. We'll see if it translates to college or not. One thing I will tell you is in our game of the week with Parish Episcopal down by 16 points against John Paul II with less than three minutes to play in that game, uh, Preston Stone, Did not shrink in the moment there at all. He led his team down to score. Two-point conversion, eight-point game. They get the ball back with less than a minute to play. Leads them all the way down the field. They score again, and then on the two-point conversion, he scrambled like a Johnny Manziel-looking type play. Dives for the pylon and gets in for the two-point conversion to force overtime. Then he threw a touchdown in OT to win the game 58-51. Showed real courage, gumption, and just, again, not afraid of the moment. I think SMU fans are going to love watching Preston Stone for years to come. He is a star in the making, and he looks like a future NFL quarterback. That is for sure. Hey, that is how we are going to wrap up episode number 37 of the NBC5 105.3, the Fan Sports Podcast. If you have a minute, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and to review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your show. That really helps us out quite a bit. And if you're watching the show on NBCDFW.com, we appreciate you hanging with us there as well. That is where you can see the video version of the show as well. But Hope y'all are staying safe. Have a great week. We will see you next week with episode number 38 here on the NBC 5 Sports 105 3 the Fan Sports 5.